My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 15, journal entry, storming. If I thought I was getting into cruise mode, day 15 took care of that. I was out of the camp well before dawn to look for lion tracks, which I found. What followed was a masterclass on hacking. The tracks of the pride were from early evening the previous day, but I decided to follow. I've always been impressed by Renius's artistry at track selection. He's willing to follow tracks that are not that fresh because of how good he is, but he is also quite real with himself and doesn't bother if tracks are too old. It certainly translates to other places in life, the confidence to make choices that stretch your ability while being real about what's really possible. It's a fine line. This morning a thick mist hung in the air. I followed the lions down the road. My body felt weak, like it needed fuel. I just felt generally powered down. When the lions turned off the road, the trouble really began. I couldn't get onto the line of their movement. This way and that, erratic movement, no clear tracks, scuff marks at best. A heavy dew had come in after they had walked, dampening all signs. The lions moved erratically. I moved erratically. Tracking is about rhythm and flow, and there was absolutely none of that today. Tracking can bend your mind from a concentration point of view. It's like reading. In fact, you are literally reading the ground and it requires the same level of concentration. Imagine you are tracking a rhino, for example, in open, sandy conditions. That would be like blasting through a Louis Lemur novel. Whilst old lion tracks like this, hunting after a heavy dew, is like ploughing through a scientific journal on thermodynamics with cliff notes and addendums. So my head was down and I was concentrating on that level. The grass is incredibly long at the moment. So as a tracker, you rely on seeing grass trails where the grass has been pushed down. But the elephants and the hippos are making that incredibly challenging. And pretty soon, I'm trying to decipher grass trails, but there's just grass pressed in every direction. Walking along, 
my shoes are full of grass seeds, my eyes are aching. <laughs> With my head down in the mist, I got disorientated in a thicket. My mind flashed to another time tracking lions in the mist with my friend Andrea Setoli, when the mist suddenly lifted and the lions were lying just a few meters away. It was spooky. We'd all creeped up on each other and none of us liked it much. So now I was disorientated in a thicket in a whiteout, failing to track. And I tell you, I just kind of felt my mind go. I could feel a mood coming in. It's really interesting with stillness, you can almost watch your emotions like weather. I could watch it, but I could not stop it. I felt like this mood was descending on me like the mist. And then all of a sudden, I was just really frustrated. I became judgmental. I was storming in my head, feeling beaten. I was annoyed about having such a mega off day. I was angry. I was suddenly tired. I got really pissed at myself. And dare I say it, I was lost. Well, I mean, we all know men don't get lost, but I was temporarily uncertain of my position. And there is a certain claustrophobia to not knowing where you are and being in a thicket and having thick bush all around you everywhere you turn. The teacher Byron Katie says, the only thing that's ever happening is what you are thinking and believing. And I was definitely in a storm of thinking. I mean, if you were just to look clearly at the present moment, in truth, in truth, I couldn't find some tracks in a beautiful wilderness. I was lost, but it wasn't like life and death. I would find my way. The mist would lift. But I could not see the pre present moment. I was in old thoughts and judgments brought to this moment. Old classic hits with deep neurological grooves like, this is a total waste of time. How many times have I thought that in my life? You're no good at this. I went from zero to irrationally judgmental fast. I needed to eat something. <laughs> I needed to work out where the hell I was. My sister believes that certain existential crisis can be solved with a sandwich and a nap. And I definitely felt like I was in that zone. Byron Katie says the only place to work is to question what you're thinking and believing. You can be in paradise and be in hell with what you're thinking and believing. We take our unquestioned believing mind everywhere with us. And I had taken it lion tracking with me. Well, I had some work to do. I went back to the tree and I spent some time questioning my thoughts using her system, which you should all try. I won't get into it now, um, but by the afternoon, I was back. I was feeling better. I went out again in the afternoon and cut the tracks of two rhino. I followed them across a dry riverbed and found where they had wallowed, and then they had rubbed all muddy against trees. It was very fresh. I heard sounds of them close by. It was like a huffing and puffing. They were huffing and puffing in a little magic quarry bush thicket. And then I saw they were slowly moving towards me. The wind was perfectly in my favor, and there was just the right-sized tamburti ahead of me, a small tree. I climbed up into the tree, 
and I sat very quiet and still in its branches as they walked around under me, blissfully unaware of my presence. This is more my idea of rhino viewing than what happened the other day. In these moments, I feel a tremendous gratitude come over me. It never gets old. The park is incredibly quiet, probably as quiet as it was when my great-grandfather came here in 1926. But the game is so much more abundant after being protected for all these years now. And I feel that living in the tree, it feels like the difference between living in Paris with a French girlfriend versus coming to Paris for a bus tour. Living in the tree, I'm not an observer of the environment. I'm geographically a part of it. The sun set. I did my meditation by the fire. The stars blazed. Then the world fell on my head. What happened next would have me wishing for some old lion tracks and a misty morning. This is what happened. At 11 p.m., I sat bolt upright in bed and I knew it was coming. Like an animal, I felt the storm in my body. I felt weirdly agitated. Think horses bolting and acting weird in tornado movies. The stars were still out, but I smelt rain on the breeze. And that breeze was quickly becoming wind. It was wildly instinctual, but I got up and I erected the top. I did all the systems I have be, I've developed for battening down the hatches for rain. I've watched myself learn fast how to handle rain. And I'm fascinated by the human capacity for learning curves. When you're in one, it feels like you could be ancient man working out the wheel or fire for the first time or trapping. There's just this feeling of trial and error. And in that trial and error, you're just learning very quickly till something works. My body had a current of energy running through it, like there was electric in the air. It's like I could feel the future. Then came the mother and father of a thunderstorm. You know that saying that there are no atheists in foxholes? Well, I get it. Blades and sheets of lightning. Thunder so loud and rolling so long across the sky, it felt like it would last for minutes. The volume turned up to holy shit. I sat in what I can only describe as a totally clean fear for four hours. Clean meaning it was appropriate to be afraid inside of that. I expected to just get vaporized at any moment. The storm thrashed me. I thought about that hymn, How Great Thou Art. O Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder behold. I was there. I even sang, except it was more like, Oh Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder. <laughs> Fuck, I was scared. In awe, wet. I can't get my good mattress out of the tree, so when it rains, I move on to a kind of mini mattress. And that was shaking under me with sonic boom waves, wind howling. There is such a difference between worrying, being anxious, getting a fright, and being truly scared. I was truly scared as a grown man. Man, it makes you so human, that kind of fear. Lightning touching down all around me. I could see it. I could smell it in the air. Branches flying. Rain lashing. I thought of that line in Forrest Gump where Bubba says, 
We get all kinds of rain. Up rain, side rain, hot rain, cold rain. Sometimes we even get rain that comes from the bottom up. It was, <laughs> it was so wet, water was coming from underneath me. And I was damn freaking scared. I was doing that childish thing where you count between flash and boom. And that tells you how far away the storm is. It's like, one, one thousand. But there was no space to count. It was flash and boom at exactly the same time. Day 15. <laughs> you showed me who's boss. And that's what I've got for you today, my friends. That's my report. I'm still afraid of dying or being burned. I can honestly report that this mystic has not put those puppies to bed. I feel spent. I feel like God smacked a huge gong next to my head. But I'm wilder for sure. What does it mean to be authentic? Well, I believe it means when we meet, you will feel that storm on me. I want to have been there, even if it scared me, especially if it scared me. In my life, I've had a few occasions where I've stood on the lip and looked over to the other side from life, from life to death. And there I have always found the same thing. All safety is an illusion. We are at the lip every moment of a piercing fragility that is life. Your life. My life. Life itself. No money, status, control or precautions get any of us any exemptions. There is no safety except surrender. And that is what I found through prayer for a moment last night. One glimpse of a startling calm. When you hug the ones you love, always hold on for a moment longer. It'll be good to know you always did one day. I suspect that sounds quite earnest. I would not say something like that 15 days ago. But solitude recalibrates value and, t and time. I say it now and I mean it. All my love to you all. Thanks for your support. 4-0, out. Oh Lord my God When I in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When through the woods and forest glades I wander And hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur And hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze 
Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. And when I think that God, His Son not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in that on a cross. My burdens gladly bearing He bled and died To take away my sin Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. And when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, how great Thou This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty, visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.